Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Gloria. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is uh, Gloria, and today is the first Saturday in October. It's October the 7th, 2017. And I want to welcome you to our Saturday evening worship service on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. And Refuge from the Storm is a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. And that's our desire to reach out and serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. So your presence, again, today is very, very important to us, and we thank you for coming, and please come again and meet us right here next Saturday, same time. Uh, be encouraged today with the service. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Are we okay? Okay, our serving team today is Dr. Black, of course, who will be uh, delivering the preach word and also leading us in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Elder Carolyn Cunningham will again serve as our worship leader. Uh, Sister Elka Mars will open us with an, um, a musical number. And Sister Linda Jones will offer our invitation to discipleship in response to the word, to the preach word. And Sister Cassandra Lewis will lead us in our altar prayer. And that's our serving team for today. I want to remind you that October is Pastor Appreciation Month across the nation. And I want to ask you to please focus your prayers this month on our pastor, Reverend Millicent. Black. Uh, commit yourself to praying the entire month uh, in addition to all of your other prayers for the, for the church and for its membership. Uh, Jeremiah 3.15 says, And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And that's definitely our pastor. So the pastor prays with us. He prays about our needs and consistently deliver sermons to uplift our souls. So let us continue to hold her up in prayer. She has the same pressures, the same down days, the same up days from time to time, but because of the nature of her position, she may not always have um, a sounding board at her beck and call where she can uh, communicate with someone what's going on with her. So. All through the month, just remember, she has strengths, she has weaknesses. She just needs our prayer. She gets tired just like everybody else. So sometimes I think we may forget that or may we may think because we're an online church 
she doesn't have the same responsibilities um, as other pastors, but she certainly has responsibility for our souls. She answered the call. And uh, for me, I'm grateful. She certainly prayed with me and kept up with me when I was I was sick in my sick bed, and I certainly appreciate uh, her for that, but she didn't have to do it, and I appreciate that she did. So pray and give thought to her always, and be considering how this throughout the month you can show love to her in a special way, whatever is special to you. Now remember um, our Wednesday night Bible study, that's October the 11th, uh, this coming Wednesday. The subject will be God's covenant with Israel, and the scripture is the 19th chapter. And we're in unit two, called into covenant with God. Now our uh, scripture memory verse, our key verse, is Exodus the 19th chapter, the 17th verse. Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. So that's Exodus, the 19th chapter, the 17th verse. So if you read all of chapter 19 of Exodus, then you'll be covered. And I'm sorry, I should have reminded you all that today we celebrate the Lord's Supper. So Sister uh, Elder Carolyn will lead us and uh, let us know when we need to gather up our elements so we ask that you come ready to uh, be served the Lord's Supper with an attitude of gratitude. Now, Sister uh, Juanita Purdy continues to invite you all to our Saturday morning prayer team call. And please check your newsletter for, for all the call-in numbers and times. The call-in number for the prayer team is a different number, and I don't have it right in front of me, but please check the newsletter uh, the times are 8.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 11.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Uh, Carolyn, Elder Carolyn Cunningham will continue to offer the Christian devotional and Christian book gifting ministry. Check the newsletter for that as well for the details for her email address. And if you want to expand your library, just reach out to her and she can help uh, accommodate your needs in that area. And again, in prayer, please continue to pray for Pastor Black and her mom and the rest of her extended family, immediate and extended family, um, for your other church members, for the church universal, for your own families, uh, for their salvation and for any needs that they may have for, for growth of this church. Uh, I believe we're, this is the smallest we are ever going to be, and in successive years, God is going to grow this ministry as we reach out to other TIs and show them that this is another way to to um, to help soothe this pain that we're going through. So don't forget to pray. Now, don't forget to uh, continue to pray for those affected by the various hurricanes, Jose, Maria, Irma, and for the earthquakes in Mexico, and most recently for the tragic shooting in the Las Vegas area. Don't forget Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, Cuba. Just continue to pray. Oh, one other thing, I'm sorry. Pastor Black has asked for us to remember uh, T.I. Rhonda, Rhonda Pence. Um, she is recovering from a severe attack. She, she is a fellow T.I., so we have included in the newsletter 
a funding site that she has provided. So continue to pray for her and check out that site. And if you're able and the Holy Spirit leads you to do so, please share a few dollars with that to that young lady, if, if at all possible, because we understand um, what she's going through. So thank you for your attention to the announcements. And uh, again, this coming these coming weeks, please remember our passing your prayers. Send her a card. If you have a little love offering or something, send it directly to her. Um, give a word of encouragement, whatever you can do. I'm certain that she would appreciate it from the bottom of her heart. So I think that's it. Thank you for your attention. If all our hearts and minds are clear, I'm going to turn it over to uh, first Sister Elka Mars to lead us in an opening song, and after which time Elder Carolyn will lead us to the rest of the worship service. Amen. There is a river. There is a river that flows from deep within. There is a fountain that frees the soul from sin. Come to the waters. There is a vast supply. There is a river that never shall run dry. There is a river that flows from deep within. There is a fountain that frees the soul from sin. Come to the waters. There is a vast supply. There is a river that never shall run dry. And Psalm 46, it says, Psalm 46, verse 4, There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, a holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High, Verse 5, God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God will help her right early at the dawn of the morning. Amen. 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 The scripture today is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for being the Almighty One, the Omniscient One, and Omnipresent each and every day. You were the victor this week as you got us through through it by showing us your greatness. We saw your hand at work in Puerto Rico bringing much-needed supplies to the people who are in such dire need and are suffering so greatly. We pray to you for your intervention in the Virgin Islands and other places in doing hardships as well. You are enabling people all over the world to step up and represent you better in the world by helping one another. 
We were awesomely struck by the heartfelt kindness of those in Las Vegas who gave their lives trying to save their loved ones as well as strangers saving strangers by using their bodies to shield them from bullets. Others used the physical and mental gifts you've given them to take the wounded and the dying to the hospital. We thank you for them. We thank you for all of the medical personnel and all others who work tirelessly around the clock saving lives. We praise and thank you, Father God, for all of these miracles. And we believe in your promise that what is now covered will be revealed and what is hidden will be made known, according to Luke 12, 2. Help us, Father, to continue to grow in our faith and hold steady when we feel the world is falling apart. For you are always with us. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Now we'll have a recorded song, a recorded praise song. That will be followed by Sister Cassandra Lewis, who will say the altar prayer.
Amen. Sister Cassandra? Yes, our altar prayer is based on Psalm 25-2. Oh, my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you are our deliverer. We ask that you would deliver us from all attacks of the enemy, both now and in the future. Save us from his traps and evil plans. We put our lives in your hands and trust that you will protect us from all harm or danger. You are our Savior, Redeemer, Protector, and Provider. And all that we need we find in you. When we sense the enemy encroaching upon our lives, we pray that you would help us rise up against him in faith, refusing to let the enemy ever discourage or overpower us. And this we pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Cassandra. I will have another recorded message, which she'll play. That will be followed by a weekly message with Reverend Milton and Pastor Milton will deliver today. I'm so sorry. That's the wrong one. Please bear with me. Thank you. 
like there's an awful lot against us from time to time, doesn't it? It seems like our troubles aren't going to pass. It seems, you know, they they used to sing the song in church when I was a little girl, trouble don't last always, and yet it seems like it's taking an awful long time for it to decide to find another home. That's the way I feel some days. I'm sure that's the way some of you feel some days, and still we can go back to what the songsters just finished singing. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, if you stop there, you still might have a little question mark in your mind, but if you were to go on to the amplified version of the Bible, the that version reads, if God be for us, who can be against us and stand and stand? whether they stand in, in, in uh, today or whether they stand in the future, in the, in, in, in the eternal court of the Almighty God, 
How can they stand if they are against us? Because God is for us. I greet you this afternoon in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. I tell you, the uh, friend of mine used to pray, and at the end of his prayer, he would always say, in the only name that matters, Jesus. And that's how I meet I, I meet you and I greet you this afternoon in the, in the name of the only name that matters, Jesus. I am without a lot of stuff this afternoon. I've been with my mom all day. And having to deal with, with the pain in my leg that is designed to keep me from, slow me down and keep me from accomplishing goals like fight the adversary and, and um, the the attacks also transfer to my mother when, she's, when we're together so that it can make things more difficult. But you know what? I'm still determined that if God be for us, who can be against us? I do know that God is for me. So this afternoon, I've been I've been just kind of thinking about um, a scripture for the last two or three weeks, kind of meditating on it and looking at it and and looking at where God is wanting to take us. God is even saying God, and it. Um, I pray that it's going to grip your heart. I pray that it's going to give you some answers for your own self because the word of God says that we should always be ready to give an answer for the reason of our hope. And and so this afternoon I'm going to endeavor to share with you how we as Christians can respond to the reason for our hope. Psalms 14, 1 through 3 reads as this, the, the fool, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. And Psalms 8, verses 1, 3, and 4. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who has set your glory above the heavens? Verse 3 reads, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? Let us pray. Oh, God, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Father God, I just come to you now to ask that you would increase in me, God, as I decrease. God, I come confessing that I am not enough. I am not able, oh God, without your presence and without your power. And so, Lord God, we just ask you to speak to people. people this uh, praying, you know, I submit to you. And I feel you know, to be up in our midst this afternoon. Be God in this message, oh God. Be God in the hearts and minds of your people, Lord.
as we seek answers for where is our God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. And for a title this I afternoon. What do you say to these things? And the, these things are the, the, the scriptures, the verses that I've read in your hearing this afternoon. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. These are the people that are that we've been dealing with, some for a couple of years, some for five or ten years, and others of us 20 or 30 years. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. Even some of the church people have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Many of us are meeting on the on the around the phone this afternoon. We're determined to seek God's face and determined to worship God together. But we have to do this because so many of our church families have gone the way of the world. And yet both of these psalms were written by David, the psalmist who knew God in a personal and up-close way, the psalmist who met with trials and tribulations at the hand of his own people and his own family, and yet he would still say, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And went on over there and says, when I consider your heaven, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man? Who am I? Who are you? That God would care so much about us that not only would he come to visit us, but he would make your temple his home. Who are we? So let's consider these things. I read something last week that really kind of shook me because often we hear people say, at least I have more frequently than I want to think about anymore, well, I don't believe in God. And, 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 you know, my first reaction, what do you mean you don't believe in God? But I've lived long enough to know that I can't always react to things people say. And God doesn't need me to defend the gospel or him. So I take a step back from time to time. I may not answer right away. And sometimes I haven't answered at all, but I tell you what I've done. I've gone to pray. I've gone to pray. I've gone to claim that vessel for the for the for the, the Lord God Almighty. I've gone to ask God to change that heart and that mind. I've gone to ask God to prove himself to that person. Because we don't always have to speak back to others when they speak things that we don't agree with or we don't understand. Sometimes it's just ours to pray. But the statistic that I saw last week said that the number of atheists in the United States is growing faster than the number of Southern Baptists. Now, there's a problem going on in the world. There are statistics that show the attitude of mankind towards the idea of God. The Pew Research Center in 
2015 reported that the number of atheists in America doubled from 2007 to 2014, those who say there is no God. Then as I researched the cross-section of mainline evangelical denominations, I read of pastors in five denominations, Lutheran, Episcopalian, um, Baptist, Methodist, who do not believe in the God they preach about. One of them used to believe, but he said he lost his belief after some theological courses at a seminary. Then another one said he lost his belief in God, and he only stays in the ministry so he can find himself another job to be able to pay for his bills. So you see, it's not just the unchurched who don't believe in God. Some known scientists and physicists declare their dedication to the idea that God does not exist. But I kept reading, y'all. I kept reading and I kept reading until I found one. Sir Francis Bacon is quoted to say, a little philosophy inclined man's mind to atheism. But depth in philosophy bringeth men's minds about to religion. Bacon, known as the founder of the scientific method, is the one who, like King David, says that when man looks at one individual miracle of God, he might allow his mind to lead him away from the providence of God to philosophy. You know, um, if you can think of, of, of one tornado being prayed away from a house that it was headed towards in which a child of God lived, you might say, yeah, well, you know, oh, the wind shifted and the, the tornado just happened to have gone around. But when you hear story after story after story of the tornado missing the house where the Christian stood and declared the word of God or the power of God, then you can't deny that something must be true about it. As I was reading, it said that this cause and effect thing is what gets the philosophers, gets the uh, physicists and the scientists caught up in whether or not it's a, there's a God or not. But nobody can explain which came first, the chicken or the egg. But when you put all of the acts of creation together, I believe we can all stand together and declare as David did. Oh, God, my God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. David came around and he said, when I consider the heavens, the moon and the stars, which you have established, I don't know what to think. I've not heard a scientist try to tell us why the sun and the moon and the stars are able to stay in the sky. Oh, as I was leaving the house, I was listening to a song and, and, and somebody said something about how God keeps the moon, the night and the day from colliding. The night has its time and the day has its time, but they both come. Who allows that to happen? Who keeps them the night from coming in the daytime and the day from shining through the night? Who does that? Can a scientist explain that to me? And then David says, and what is man that you are mindful of 
us, of him. In uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, it talks about how God scooped man up out of the dust and formed man in his image and blew into man the breath of life. Do you realize that if God had not blown into man, the breath of life. Man would still be laying on the ground a piece of clay. Now, have you heard a man tell you which came first, the breath or the man? And how did the man get the breath? And we've gone through this before, and I really do try not to tell you all the same messages over and over and over, and I pray to God that I'm going in a different enough way today that you don't think I'm just pulling out, of, out straws out of the hat. But it's important. Because we are coming up on a time that we're going to meet people more and more often. The people that are torturing us don't believe, many of them, that there is a God. They set themselves up on their own thrones as God. They think that because they can get in man's mind, that because they can change man's opinion, that because they can hypnotize from afar, it makes man feel like he can take God's place in the mind of the people. But I'm here to tell you today, and I thank you that I, can, uh, I believe I can have your agreement that man is not sitting on the throne of my heart today. With all that is within me, I war to make sure that my heart remains the home of the living God. You know why? Because that man that's torturing me today, they're going to carry his body out of somewhere. But the God that we serve, he's alive. He's alive. You know how I know? Because the seasons still change. The trees are still getting green. The sun and the moon and the stars still are above us. The sun hasn't come so close to the earth that it burns us up, and the moon doesn't fail to give us light when it's shining. I know there's a God. Look at anybody who would go through a biology class and look at how the DNA has to fit together in such a way, 26 pairs, and if you get 27, you've got something else. And if you get 25, you don't have a whole child. But if you could tell that there's a God who would put that baby together in a way that it starts as a sperm and an egg and changes into some DNA that has to get the right pairs of chromosomes in the right order, who would deny that there's a God? I'll ask the question again. How did the scientists get here? Sure, they came through their mom and their daddy, and they had their grandmom and their granddaddy, and they had their great-grandmom and their great-granddaddy, and who made them? There is a God. And I want you to be able to affirm to anybody that asks you the question, tell me why you believe. You tell them what you know about the earth that, that our God created, and then ask them to tell me why you don't believe. Now, as I studied, it became clear that man's heart, because that's what, that's what uh, David said in chapter 14, verse 1, a fool has said in his heart that there is no God. His mind has already been taken over by philosophical thoughts and ideas, the, the, um, the, the equations and, and, and scientific 
ruminations have already set up residence in his mind so he can think about all the ways that he can prove that there is no God. But when it gets to the heart, the heart is the bridge that leads man away from his belief in God. The biblical definition of heart occurs more than 1,000 times in the Bible. It refers to a person's center for both their physical self, their emotional intelligence, and their moral activity. God said to Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That thing that nobody else can see, nobody else can tell, you know, a man or a woman can tell you all they, all they want to from their mouth that they love you. But then when it comes to really showing that they love you or confirming that it's love, it takes God to help you to discern. God told Jeremiah that the heart is of all things deceitfully wicked, the heart. That place where we feel from, that place where where we make decisions based on our emotions. Then it says the hardness of man's heart has gotten man into trouble. So why would man say in his heart there is no God? It's a little bit more understandable. He's reasoned in his mind until it's gotten in his heart there could not be. Is what man said based on our finding that there is no God. Perhaps man doesn't want to be accountable to anyone. Maybe he feels that he made himself. Sometimes selfish ambition might make men reject the knowledge of God. I wrote down a couple of other things. Sometimes Christians mad at God might decide that there is no God. You know, those who lose their, their their children or their loved ones suddenly to death and and in all of their their disrupted feelings and all of their overwhelming emotions they may come up with the idea maybe there isn't a god maybe i've been serving the wrong man maybe i've been praying to the wrong person maybe nobody's been listening or you know when you get that that uh oh my goodness that terminal from the doctor's mouth concerning yourself or your loved one, then that's another time that that tailspin comes, that tornado shows up in your life and you begin to wonder, well, is there? I've been praying. I asked them. Maybe there isn't. And then some people are deceived by Satan. Deceived by the perpetrators, deceived by synthetic telepathy, deceived by subliminal messages. Some people wake up with a hypnotic suggestion that there is no God, and they walk away, believing that they've heard the truth. I'm so glad that God knows the difference. That's why it's important for us to remember man sees the outward appearance. But God saw the subliminal message. God saw the hypnotic suggestion. God saw when man came into the other man's mind and by radio frequency sent something that was to turn him away. And God will fix it in the end. Suffering and evil have caused 
some intellectual and scientific scholars to decide there can't be a God, but man nor woman cannot explain the sun, the moon, the stars. And King David marveled at the animals, each with their own name. And then I looked at Proverbs 29.18. It says, without a vision, with no redemptive revelation of God, the people throw off restraint. Is that not the time in which we're living? But what happened to the revelation of God? It surely came. We've gone through the Wells revival, and we've gone through the um, Hillsong revival, the one that took place up in Canada and came on down to Brownsville, Florida. We've gone through revivals. What happened? How has man thrown off his restraint? There is indeed a redemptive revelation of God, but why can't we get it to the right people? In Judges 19, it says, without a king, the people live, every man, according to what he thinks is right. But he's being led by a a faulty heart. So we're talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But in Hebrews 11, 6, we want to just kind of bank on there this afternoon. It says, the word says that David has faith, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up because my brain isn't functioning like I needed to. So again, Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. We're talking about God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. God, and that he is the rewarder, that God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I contend this afternoon that perhaps man has spent too much time trying to trying to scientifically define God versus just seeking God with a heart open to receive him. They that believe him, and when they believe him, they come to him. But they must know that there is a God in order that they will come and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. How do we get them to the place of seeking God? As I was doing my research, I I was very glad to see that there was one man who actually turned from being an atheist to becoming a believer in God based on his own searching. And one of the places where you have to search in order to be able to prove that there is God is the scripture. Uh, You'll remember when I, I shared a few weeks ago from Matthew 22 when God was talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees and he, and they were trying to entrap him. Jesus was talking to them and he said to them, he said, you're in error because you fail to, you don't understand the scripture and you don't know God. 
So we, we start to find God in the scripture. Now, some of the things that might would turn a, 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 a seminary student away from the word is the fact that we learn that so many different men have had their hands on the interpretation of the Bible. And so we surmise, well, when so many people have had a, a, a hand in interpreting the Bible, how do I know that all I'm reading is just man? Well, you know what? There's a, there's a song that says, I serve a, a risen Savior. He's all the world to me. And I don't know the rest of the, the, the words to that particular verse, but it ends with, he lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He lives, he lives. Along the narrow way, he lives, he lives. Salvation to impart. And then that last little phrase, you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Well, this is what we have to use as our defense to the fool that says there is no God. To the man that or the woman that has lost their belief because of the tragedies of life, to the, the, the scientist or the philosopher who really is still scratching their head. It's a heart. It's a matter of the heart. So then we have to find out, first of all, who is guiding my heart? Am I submitting to my mind? Or am I submitting to what I see and know to, to be real? Because I can sit in a garage all I want to, and that's not going to make me a car. I can sit in a car in the garage, and that's going to make more sense. So then I cannot keep coming to the Bible. I cannot keep coming to the Scripture and not begin to believe. Because the word of God says every time I look into the mirror, I'm being changed into the image of Jesus, who is the one, the only one that can get me to God. So then my heart has to be open to the word of God. And as I delve more into the word of God, then there's this little longing on the inside of me that's going to want to know more about that man that I'm reading about. I can't see him, but that's where faith comes in. So my reading is going to begin to change and turn my heart to a place that I'm going to begin to look for him in other ways. David said it like this in Psalms 42, as the deer panted for the water, so my soul, my heart, my inner being, my inner self, all that is within me panted after you. And what David was saying is just like the deer needs the water, I need you, God. And as we keep going to the mirror and looking in the world, we're going to begin to see who Jesus is and see who God is, and we're going to begin to be changed into what we're looking at until I can't live without that. It's just like most of us are used to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, and you're so used to it that your body knows when you've missed one of them. That's the way we want to become. We want to look in the mirror so much. We want to begin to see, see and like the changes that the mirror is making in us so much that we can't miss it without knowing it because our heart is getting changed. 
And as our heart begins to be changed towards God, then my heart's going to begin to be changed towards my neighbor. But Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, first of all, with all thy heart and with all thy strength and with all thy soul and your neighbor, loving your neighbor as yourself. Notice the heart. God says that old thing is so wicked that if you don't bring it to the mirror, it's never going to change. You remember in, um, oh, I'm trying to think, is it Cinderella? The old witch that used to go to the mirror and look in and say, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And she just waited on that mirror to say, you're the fairest. But you know what? We want to go to the mirror of the word. And we want to look in that mirror. We don't have to ask the question, who's the fairest? We want to look like who's the fairest. And that's not going to be me. It's going to be Jesus. And we want to invite those who say there is no God to begin to look in the mirror with us. Well, I may not be able to convince you, but I'm going to tell you that what I've researched says to me that somebody bigger than me is keeping the sun in the sky. What I've learned is somebody bigger than me is causing the seasons to change at the right time. All I know is that if those 26 chromosomes don't show up in a baby's body, there's going to be something wrong with the child. But I invite you to the mirror with me because I go to the mirror on a regular basis. And every time I look in the mirror, I'm more and more convinced that there is a God because he begins to take more and more of my heart into his hand. And the more of my heart is in his hand, the more I'm changed to look like Jesus. And then the other thing is that old sin issue. We can't stop talking about what we find in the mirror until we talk a little bit about that sin issue because that's what makes today so special and so important for us. How do I know there is a God? Because I learned that by one man's sin, everybody was lost. But by one man's obedience, everybody's saved. Nobody has to live a life apart from God. Now, I read that some of the, the atheists says they don't even believe in the afterlife. They believe that when you're dead, you're done. This is it. But for those of us who do, and even if they don't, I still don't want to live on this earth apart from God. So what we can surely assure them is, is, is having a heart where God takes up residence means I don't have to live another day without somebody to love me unconditionally, someone to protect me from myself, and someone to give me what I can't give myself, my next breath. And when I mess up, the person I can turn to is Jesus, the Son of God. The, the, he, Jesus became the, the answer for God who says, well, what am I going to do with these, these men who will not turn to me? What am I going to do with these men who keep straying off to do their own thing, their own way, and does not consult me? How am I going to keep from having to destroy them over and over and over again? Jesus said, I know what I'm going to do. God said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son. Jesus, God sent himself and his son. His son took up on himself all of the sins of the world, including those who say, there is no God. 
including those who set their houses and their cars and their bank accounts and their, their retirement in front of God. Jesus died for all of them, all of us. And because Jesus died and did not stay dead, but because Jesus went through all of the channels of death that man would have to go through, he was sick on that cross. Don't think he wasn't. He was losing blood. He was, the, the gravity was pulling on his body and so much so that it was pulling his bones and his, his muscles were, were, were weakened and his heart was strained. Jesus was sick on that cross. And Jesus died on that cross. And just like all of us who, who does not have our names called up in the rapture, Jesus had to go through the tomb, through the same kind of a grave as the rest of us. But the difference was Jesus got up like none of the other ones had. And then we'll get up just like Jesus. When we give him our heart, the fool said in his heart, there is no God. But David said, oh, God, my God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. But when I consider all that your hands have made, and when I consider that man you made, and you made man's heart your own, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Pastor Nelson, for your very powerful message of having faith in God. That's definitely something that we can take of utmost importance that we can take with us to protect our hearts and minds from the doubt that the enemy tries to implant. Now we'll have a recorded song. And during that time, please prepare your elements for Holy Communion. Please gather your cracker or bread, water, juice, or wine for Holy Communion.
commemorate the Lord's Supper. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now you may eat the bread you have, bread or cracker that you have. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Now you may drink the wine, juice, or water you have. Each, every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes. Let us pray. Gracious God, may we who have received this sacrament live in the unity of your Holy Spirit that we may show forth your gifts to all the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now we'll have a recorded uh, celebratory song that will be followed by the invitation to discipleship, which Sister Linda Jones will present.
Okay. Invitation to discipleship. We thank all of you who are here with us on the telephone or on the internet. We invite you to discipleship and offer a prayer of salvation. Remember, Jesus loves you. He is in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of their road. Here are some steps to take on the road to salvation. First, admit you're a sinner. Then be willing to repent, turn from sin. Then believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. Invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name. Amen. We urge you to read a daily devotional for daily inspiration in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Also, a daily devotional will help you in your study of the Bible. Some suggestions for doing it either online or print copy are ourdailybread.org, upperroom.org, pastorrick.org, intouch.org, joelolstein.com, and many others. If you'd like to become a member, please email us at refugefromstorm2016 at yahoo.com. You can also email us for prayer or for other suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. Thank you for joining us today in worship and in celebration of Christian unity with believers. Please join us again next Saturday at the same time and place. Remember that God is with you always even as you are targeted. Now we'll have our closing song followed by remarks and benediction by Reverend Pastor Milton Black.
Amen. If God is dead, the songwriter says, what makes my life worth living? And so if there is no God, what makes our life worth living? If there is no God, what is it? Who is it that makes the flowers bloom? Who is it that causes summer to come in June? If God, if there is no God. But you see, the, the end of the song is, I'm glad I know. He lives. He lives, he lives, he lives. And so what, what, what now can you say to these things? When man says to you, there is no God, what is it that you will say to those things? Thank you again for everyone that has been here, everyone that's played a part in the service. Sister Cassandra, if you would unmute everyone. Sister Linda is here. She's just not, she's muted, so she can't speak. That makes the difference. However, she does indeed have to maintain the the um, reverence of the service, and so everyone got muted um, so that there could be no one talking. At the end of the service, if there are those of you who desire prayer, we can be with you for a short period of time um, to pray with you about your concerns and your needs. Uh, Also, we want to invite you back to uh, next Saturday, same time, same same channel for our service, our worship service on, on Wednesday night. Uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is our Bible study. Do join us as we have some very lively Bible studies, some lively times of of, of, uh, of of being in the Word, looking in the mirror together. And uh, then on Saturday mornings, it's, it's, you know, prayer is just so necessary. We cannot live without prayer. And I'll tell you a little secret that I learned. I uh, read it in a book, an oil book, actually. It said that... That that your frequencies, the frequencies in your body raise 15 points by just praying. So I invite you all to come join us on Saturday mornings at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time for, for prayer. That's a good habit to have. And now let's look to the Lord and be dismissed. Now may the God peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Sister Santa, you can uh, end the recording, please. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.